There was one announcement that wasn't made, but uh, I want to draw your attention to November the 5th. <laughs> Can you stand? Pastor David. It's his birthday on Thursday. So, oh, you share a birthday with Amanda over there. But uh, is this your milestone? This is a milestone in his life. He turns the big 5-0. And, 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 whoa, a couple milestones. We got somebody turning 50 and somebody turning 13. So, happy birthday. So make sure you go on Facebook or email or, or whatever. Whatever ways there are, Twitter. Uh, there's all kinds of things in this. Uh, I will be using... Just a, a handshake. I, you know what? I, oh, he wants a he wants a Pentecostal handshake. All right. Well, we'll 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 see about that. But uh, oh, how many of you have just had something imparted to you already this morning? It's you know I got. Right now, I'm just so, just determining. I got all my pages spread out because I got just, there's so much. And uh, you know what, this morning, you know what, I study, and I, I really enjoy studying, and I love studying, and I put together these sermons on my computer with beautiful three points and five steps and this and that and because uh, that's my, somehow kind of how my brain works kind of thing. But last night, I'd spent the week reading and studying and uh, determining what I wanted to share. And, and last night, I was just like, I don't know if any of you have prepared speeches or sermons or, or messages. And then by about the day before you're about to share it, you start doubting yourself. Okay, is this what I'm supposed to and you start wondering, okay, this, this really was impactful to me five days ago. And now I've studied it and studied it. And all of a sudden you start doubting and it's go, oh, God, is this going to be actually be really impactful when I share it? And so last night, it, oh, it was about 1030 and I was still kind of studying. And I, I kind of, I shut my phone off and I shut this off and I turned the TV off. And I just, and Saturday night, I, I want to just relax and and I would just so much doubt oh god maybe it was I just studied just for myself which I love doing anyway so it wasn't a wasted week but I said lord just show me show me something tonight when I go to sleep give me a dream or or something just give me something that is going to be impactful and I didn't have any dreams and I woke up this morning and I was just kind of in that drowsy state and and I literally, it was like in my brain, I opened my eyes, and Justin, you got, this is what I saw. Limitless. It's just what went through my head this morning, limitless. When you think back to the Garden of Eden, that has to be our model for our life. We're created in God's image. 
We're created in his likeness. Then he blessed us, and in his blessing, he gave us no limits. God has no limits. Now, he created us with no limits. But our thought processes, our mindsets put limits on us. Words from other people put limits on us. The way we grew up puts limits on us. But you are limitless. You are limitless. <laughs> February 4th, 2015, I was in the prayer room and, and God just put a picture in my mind of a gardener. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman, the gardener. And I thought about that phrase. I thought about that phrase. And then through some studying I was doing, I came across Jeremiah 1. And I'm, I'm going to, I might kind of be all over the place because my, my three great points are great points. But I don't know if I'm going to get to them. But Jeremiah 1, th listen to what th the word of the Lord came to, Je to, to Jeremiah and said, before I formed you. Think of, I mean, I don't know if any of you have ever planned a garden. I haven't. But I've, I've seen people. They have a picture in their mind of what this is going to look like. They have it planned out. They see it. Now, our Heavenly Father is the, is the one true husbandman, the gardener. And before he birthed you, he knew you. I think this is probably one of the greatest passages of scripture and there are other supporting ones psalms 139 in isaiah he talks about god knowing it's probably one of the greatest passages that speaks to the preciousness of life and the sanctity of life and what should stir your heart against the the idea and the practice of abortion But God knew us before I formed you. Bef the word before means before the beginning. Before the beginning of your formation in the womb, God knew you. God knew you. It says, and I sanctified you. And I ordained you. Before... There was any beginning to you. Before you, God knew you. Before you, God knew you. 
And what did he see? He saw a person without limits. He saw a person, a person to which he had a perfect plan. Many of us stumble through life and we go from this crisis to the next crisis to this failure to that challenge to that hindrance. But God designed you limitless. God planned your life. Actually, it says every single day of your life has been written in his book. Every single event, every single second of your life is known. Every personality trait, everything about you. I want to read my notes because I'm going to forget something important. Every tendency in your life is known by God. Every gifting, every talent, every weakness, every challenge in your life is known by God. He says, I knew thee. Can, can you throw that scripture verse up there? It's Jeremiah 1.5. I think the significance is before. Sometimes we think our decisions catch God off guard. Oh boy, what am I going to do with this guy now? Oh, I, I, God, God says, I can't believe he said that. No, he knows you were going to say that. I can't believe he just did that. No, he knew you were going to do that. Every single second, every millisecond, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. God has an intimate knowledge of you. I want to make sure I get, catch my words properly. He has a complete understanding of how you work. Why? Because he wove you. Psalms 130, chapter 139. I just read that through a few times and just thought about, think about the impact of God knowing you. Knowing you, knowing every situation you're going to face, every challenge. He knows every aspect. He knows every detail of your personality, of your tendencies. Sometimes we think, well, I can't, I mean, God put this situation in my path. Because God knows you so well, there is never a situation that you are in that you cannot handle. There's never a situation. David coming down to give his brothers cheese and bread. And here's Goliath. And every trained, mighty man of Israel, trained in war, is scared. And David the shepherd boy comes. What made him so different? He was ready. He was ready. The other guys weren't. They may have been stronger, mightier, smarter in battle. But David was ready. 
And God did not bring him that, to that point by accident. It wasn't an accident that that morning Jesse went and got David from the fields and said, go down to your brothers. God knew exactly the situation that David would arrive in and knew that he was going to be ready for it. And in your life, you might be facing a wall. You might be facing a hurdle. You might be facing a speed bump. Whatever it is, God knows exactly where you are, what situation you're facing, but he also knows that you're ready for it. He knows you're ready for it. He knows that you're ready for it, but are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Listen to what Jeremiah says. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. I knew every day, every detail, every situation. I knew you would be ready for it. Why? Because I consecrated you. I set you apart. The word set you apart means you have been prepared. That's what the word means. It means sanctified, consecrated, dedicated, and built into all those words. Is, there's this word that says prepared. He has prepared you. You might not know it. There are situations I'm facing, and I, I don't know if I'm going to No, God made me ready for this. I'm ready for this. I'm ready for this. What are you going to do when you're in that situation? Well, first of all, doubt hits you. Fear comes in. Stress, you stay up all night thinking about how you cannot do it. You wake up in the morning after a half asleep thinking, I can't do this. I can't face this day. Let's pull the blankets back over my head. I can't do this. And that's how we prepare ourselves for it. But God says, I knew you, and I knew you'd be ready for this. How do we do it? How do we step out? How do we get it? How do we get there? Listen, I ordained you. I appointed you. <laughs> Listen to the three aspects of ordained. It means that God, wherever you're, is, has set you there. He has assigned you there. He, remember, some of us just, it, it's, it can be hard to grasp this, that, I mean, just the, the, the all-knowingness of God is sometimes just, you, we can't get right up a hold of it. But God knew exactly the very day, the very second that you be facing whatever choice, decision, and he set you there. That's what, or appointed. In the King James, it's ordained, so if I go back and forth. But, but not only did he set you there, but he, this is in the word ordained or appointed, he granted you something. That's what ordained. When somebody is ordained, they are actually literally granted the power and the authority to carry out the office of whatever they are ordained to. It's like being anointed the king. That, that setting apart, that ordaining gives you the power and the right and you are granted the authority to, to carry out 
that ordination. So before, before you were a single cell, actually, if you look in, in first chapter of Ephesians, it says before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. God knew this was going to be happening right here, right now, and knows every single situation that every one of us is facing. Every decision, every challenge, every hindrance to the promise that God has put there in your life. God knew the challenge you were going to face, every single one of us. But what he did in your, the mother's womb, he put in you the power and the authority to deal with that situation. He's put that in you. He wove that in you. He built it into you. And then the third aspect is he's permitted. It means to permit. He has permitted you to carry out the authority, to carry out the right to overcome that before, before, before. While David, King David, well, shepherd boy David, before he was even a cell, God knew he was going to be facing that Goliath. And he built into David, built into David, Built in, in you, there is a built-in power and authority. Built into you, woven into the very fabric of who you are. Is the power and the authority to overcome every hindrance to the promise that he has put in your life. I know from talking to several of you, I know in my own personal life, God puts a promise. God puts a word into our life. And the next thing, all we face are challenges to that word. Obstacles, seemingly impossibilities to what God has put into our heart. We got to get back to the realization that before the foundations of the world, God built into me the capacity to overcome every hindrance. Every challenge, every difficulty to that promise. It's in you. He's put it in you already. How do we get it out? How do we get it out? That's probably one of the greatest challenges. I remember last week when the kids were sharing, talking about prayer. It's a simple thing, but it's, a hard thing. It's a simple thing, but it's a hard thing. What's hard about it? The time. <laughs> the energy. The remembering to do it. This morning, Brenda... We, we, we were listening to some music, and she'll clip onto different uh, messages sometimes. And I heard about two minutes from, from a gentleman that I, 
I enjoy listening to. And uh, it was just amazing. His one, we haven't learned, this is what he said, we haven't learned how to dwell in his presence. We haven't learned to dwell in his presence. That's the essence of prayer. When we think of prayer, we think of, you know, the idea of a posture, a position. But prayer is basically our connection and our communion and our communication to and with and from God. It's dwelling in his presence. That is how you will become limitless I want, can we, Luke 1. I just want to share. I, I alluded to this last week. I'm down to one page now. I've consolidated them all. Wow. Oh. You know, when, when something, when, when I saw Limitless in my mind this morning, there was just that, such an explosion of thoughts, my challenge is always being able to write them down and document them and put them in. And I want to just share with you this amazing story of the angel coming to Mary. Because when, when the angel said, you're going to birth the Messiah, Verse 34, this was Mary's response because this is what happens to us. This is what happens to us. A word can come to us and then we start thinking about it. And we start trying to rationalize how can this even possibly be? How can this happen? And we see the obstacles, and, and our human tendency is to see all the obstacles and challenges and hardships to get to where we need to be. I wrote a few things down. Um, this is impossible in my current capacity. I'm not earning enough money, or I don't have the skill set, or I don't have the connections. I, you know what? I'm just not. Have you ever? I'm just not ready for this. A word, a promise comes to us, and immediately, our first reaction is, "This cannot be possible. This actually is impossible to happen. How could this even possibly happen?" And here, this is the next verse. I want to challenge each one of us today. And the angel answered and said unto him, The Holy Ghost shall come upon you. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. Can I get that? Is that a jacket here? Is that a blanket or a jacket? Karen, come up here for a second. I want to show you what this means because we sometimes wonder, okay, what does that mean? 
Yesterday at men's breakfast, I appreciated your, your sharing, Jeff. Because too many of us don't want to go there. We do not give the Holy Spirit the license to come upon us. We don't ask the Holy Spirit to come upon us. And if we do, it's like, just don't make me look stupid. Or don't make me do something I don't really want to do. Or here's the condition upon you coming upon me. But coming upon literally just means this. Just like that. Now Mary could have said, oh, uh, the Holy Spirit... Because you got to remember what time frame she was active in. The Holy Spirit, uh, it's been 400 years of silence. Uh, who is the Holy Spirit? That kind of makes me uncomfortable. The Holy Spirit, what does that, what does that entail? I want to challenge each one of us. Ask the Holy Spirit to just rest upon you. Ask the Holy. The beginning of your day, probably the best time. David talks a lot about the times where he wakes up early to seek God. Talks about Abraham. He had a, a place where he met with God. Take some time. Take some time to get into a secret place. Take some time and say, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you just come upon me. Rest upon me. If you, will, if you would do that in your life, and as you would carry that process out, the Holy Spirit will be with you throughout the day. Now, it takes a little bit of time to understand and have. But if you would ask the Holy Spirit, because the next phrase is what will happen in your life if you will take the first step. If you will take the first step and saying, Holy Spirit, I just ask that you come upon me. Listen to the next phrase. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. The power of the Most High will overshadow, will envelop you. If you will take Psalms 100, I wrote it down. I'll just quote it. Psalms 91. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty.
One of the last things on our mind when we wake up in the morning is usually, Holy Spirit, just come upon me. We got kids to get out the door. We got sandwiches to make. We got a shower to take. We got appointments to think about, prepare for. And by the time you get home, you're too tired. And that's why prayer becomes the hardest thing. I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. And I've challenged myself. And, I, and I, I, it's, that's why prayer can be the hardest thing. It's because we got to make time for it. We have to make time for it. You have to carve it out. But I guarantee you, because I've seen it happen in my life, the more you carve it out, the more you can't do without the more you carve it out, the more you will be as the deer that pants for the water. So my soul longs. The more you overcome that hardship, if you want to call it that, the more it becomes not hard. It becomes a delight. And then as you take that step and say, Holy Spirit, just come upon me. He literally overshadows you. <laughs> overshadows you. He will overshadow you. The same word, the same word is Pastor David's dream of somebody being healed because it doesn't say that his shadow healed. It said as he walked by, it, his little shadow overshadowed the person that he walked beside. It's the same word. It's the same word. The Holy Spirit will literally overshadow you. You will literally have his presence that envelops you, but there is an overflow Amen. in your life as you invite his presence into your life every day where it over, overflows because he is overshadowing you. And there will be opportunities that God will open your eyes to. Divine appointments that he sets up. Amen. And you will all of a sudden realize them. Why? Because the presence of God is literally overshadowing you. People will come up and ask you questions. People will come up to you and start sharing their life. Co-workers, they'll start talking to you. And literally because the presence of God is overshadowing your life, you will have opportunities to minister to heal. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, appointed me, prepared me, set me apart. He has anointed me. What? To share good news. To heal the brokenhearted. To open prison doors. 
to release those who are bound. It comes as we allow the Holy Spirit to come upon us. When we invite him to come upon us, just naturally throughout your day, supernatural things will start to happen. They'll just happen. They'll just happen. Those promises that God has put into your heart, they'll start happening. Those words of, of prophecy that God spoke over you, they'll happen. Why? Because you've invited the Holy Spirit, the one who inspired the word, that inspired the promise, that put that dream, that put that vision into you, who embedded that seed into you as you walk with his overshadowing your life, the one who put the dream in will start making it happen around you. Those desires that he's put in, they'll start just happening. Not spooky, not crazy, just naturally supernatural will happen to you. Will happen to you. They'll happen to you. Last week I shared how Satan doesn't want that to happen in your life. So when he hears the word that gets spoken over to you or the dream that has been put into you or he hears the passion that's in your heart, he doesn't want it to happen. I want to give you a promise here this morning. Now, I can't remember exactly. Can we get Psalms 91? I, this is, I want us to, you know, when we walk, <laughs> trying to get the right words. When we walk with the Holy Spirit overshadowing us, the Holy Spirit is, is God, is God. You have all the power, all the resources, all the insight of God himself overshadowing you. Karen, you can sit down, sorry. I, you, you stood during the whole worship time and uh, your legs must be tired. Just think of God himself overshadowing you. Pastor Nelson and I, we, we were at a conference in Cranbrook where we were the actual speakers. And Pastor Nelson got to um, Ephesians chapter 1, and he, he was making reference to how God wants to bless your life. He wants to bless your life. And he started quoting um, how we are blessed through Jesus Christ in heavenly places with all and somebody in the congregation who didn't quite agree with where Pastor Nelson was going said, spiritual blessings. Yeah, God wants to bless you with salvation, a spiritual blessing. He wants to bless you with his holy. But do you know that that actually works out into your natural life? Every spiritual blessing that he has blessed us with the Holy Spirit overshadowing, it literally affects your natural life. When we receive salvation, we now have the mind of Christ. 
We have 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We have the mind of Christ. Do you realize you can have supernatural ideas that come to you? Can affect when you speak to somebody, a supernatural thought. Boom, you speak it. Liberty, freedom, healing. You can have a supernatural thought that gives birth to an incredible business idea. Spiritual blessings are not just about something inside you. That's where it starts. He, He sanctifies your mind, your heart, your thoughts. And as that seeps through in your spirit, it comes out and it starts affecting every area of your life, including the natural. And as his, the Holy Spirit just overshadows your life. That is what I just crave right now. I just crave the Holy Spirit overshadowing. I mean, that's what makes me so excited about men's Bible study and ladies' Bible study is in the sense of hosting the presence of God. As you host the presence, as he overshadows you, you walk in the power and the authority of God himself. Do you realize his power and authority has been invested, not invested, but has been vested on you? In you. To be brought out through you. And if we could just get a hold of the idea, allowing the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Just allow his Holy Spirit to come upon you. And then he will overshadow you throughout your day. He will affect relationships. He will affect how you relate. The love, joy, the peace. You'll affect your mind. Mm, The faith. Faith will just well up within you that in the face of fear, in the face of doubt, they will disintegrate. Can you imagine David coming down and hearing the words of this giant? The first thing he says is what's, get, what's given to the person who defeats this guy? That's his first thought. It wasn't, whoa, look how big he is. It wasn't like, whoa, that guy's got a potty mouth. It wasn't, whoa, look at the size of his shield and his spears. No, the person who defeats this character, what does he get? That's how much... The Spirit of the Lord was upon him and overshadowing him. Literally, the chapter before, it talked about the Spirit that came upon David when he was anointed to be king. If we could ever learn to dwell in the secret place, if we could ever learn if we could, I just, it just wants to burst out of me. So if we could ever learn 
his presence. Hmm. Do you have Psalms 91, verse 9? So verse 1 says, He that dwelleth in the secret place shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. It goes through a whole bunch of stuff. Like, you will not have to fear. No fear. No doubt. But then look at, I want you to grab a hold of this. For for you have made the Lord, which is my refuge, even the most high your dwelling place. Just, I would just keep going. Verse 10. No evil, no evil will befall you, nor will any plague come near your tent. Just let this seep into your spirit. For he will give his angels charge over you to guard you in all your ways. Verse 12. They will bear you up in their hands that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Next one. I want you to grab a hold of this. You will tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent. I want you to picture that in your mind. Who runs around like a roaring lion to strike fear and doubt into a person? Satan. The devil runs around like a roaring lion. What are you going to do to him? If you, have, if you have the presence of God just hovering, overshadowing you, fear and doubt gone, you just tread on. The cobra, if you were to, to click on this and see what the Hebrew word meant, the very first definition of a cobra is serpent. I just picture that in your mind. Temptation, whether it's fear, doubt, anger, the temptation, the temptation comes. If you have the presence of God, overshadowing. What are you going to do? You're going to just trample it. Just going to trample it. Just going to walk all over it. What is the key? Holy Spirit, come upon me. Invite the presence of God. Say, Holy Spirit, just come upon me. It's not something crazy. It's not something weird. It's not something spooky. No, 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 no. It's just God coming. It's about constant communion with him. I don't talk to God all day long. I get, you know, I, I can watch a hockey game. I can go shopping. But God is always with me. And the more, the more we invite his presence. God says, if you seek me, if you will desire me, if you will pursue me, I will be found of you. Hmm. 
Mary, all kinds of questions. What was her response? Be it unto me. Be it unto me. According to your word. Be it unto let Let the Holy Spirit, this is what she was saying. Let the Holy Spirit come upon me. Oh, let the power of the Most High, let it overshadow me. Oh, that's my response. Oh, God, let your Holy Spirit come upon me. Let your Holy Spirit come upon me. Oh, let the power of the Most High, that in the face of fear, that in the face of doubt, there won't be a doubt. In the face of fear, there won't be fear. Rather, courage will rise up and say, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? Who is this guy that dares to say something against God? Joseph, Potiphar's wife comes to him. Temptation. He says, I can't, I'm not going to defile myself. How could I do that to my God? Why? Because the presence of God was so real to him. Because the power of the Most High overshadowed him. And through challenges, through prison, through betrayal, he brought salvation to his family. That in spite of the obstacles, he still had the promise of God dwelling in him. That he knew one day, one day that dream, one day that passion, one day that vision is going to come to pass. One day, one day, and in spite, in spite of all the challenges and the difficulties, God's with me. God overshadows me. And I will press in. And I will press on. I will press through. Because when you believe what God says, what God has promised, He will bring it to pass. He will bring it forth. He will bring it. He will make it happen. Oh, let's it's greatest desire of my heart. Greatest desire of the heart is the passion and the dreams and the vision that he's put in there. That's all I live for is to see it happen. Is to see it happen. And because of what he's put in me, I will shut the TV down. Because of what he's put in me, I will change the channel. 
because of what he's put in me, I will put one book down and pick up a different book. Because what he's put in me. What he's put in me. What he's put in me. Literally affects every decision of my life. I want to challenge every one of us. Because we, we know the right words to say. You know, we, we can all write, what's your top five priorities in life? Well, God and my family. We, we know the right place on the list. I want to challenge you. Make it the right place in your actions, in your decisions. Oh, I know, yes. Do we, do we read our Bible and pray? Every day we do. Let's do it. We know the right words to say. Yes, I want the Holy Spirit to come upon. Ask him to come upon you. We know the right words to say. The Pharisees knew the right words to say. <laughs> they memorized the right words to say. And yet Jesus comes to them and says, well, yeah, your lips, yeah, everything sounds great, but your heart is far from me. I want to challenge us today. God's put something in every single one of us. He's put something in every single one of us. And he says, if you will just ask my presence to come upon you, not only will I come upon you, I will overshadow you with all my power, all my might, all my understanding and, and discernment and wisdom. All of that is part of the package of the Holy Spirit overshadowing your life. And no matter what you face, it won't deter you. No matter what doubt gets thrown your way, you'll be able to crush its head. No matter what fear comes, you will be able to trample over it. Why? Because you have this power, this authority, this dominion that's been built into you. And it overshadows you and affects every area of your life. Oh. Oh. I get to do this once a month, so I'm making the most of it. It's come so, so much in me that it's, it's what drives me. And that's my prayer. That's my desire is that God's purpose, God's promise in your life will just take over you so much to such a degree that it actually affects your decisions. That it actually affects your schedule. That it actually affects your plans. That the passion and the purpose and the vision of God affects you so much 
that you will say no to certain things, events, friends, channels, movies. It's not legalism. It's relationship that is so built into you that it literally affects your decisions. Not because you have to, but because you say, God, I don't want anything to defile I don't want anything to defile what you put in me. And yes, I'm waiting for some promises to happen. And I'm facing some challenges. And I'm facing some hurdles. And I'm facing delays. And I'm just wondering, God, how long or when? But it doesn't affect the passion. It doesn't affect the passion. I still hunger and I still thirst. And I say, God, it's your dream. It's your vision. And I'm going to pursue you. I want to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you. I'm going to pursue you. Chase after you. I'm seeking your kingdom first. Seek you first. Seek your kingdom first. Your righteousness He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. He that dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow. Oh, let it become a reality. Not just a place on your priority list that never happens. Not just lip service that has no meaning to it. Make it part of your life. Make it part of your life. Say, Holy Spirit, just come upon me. Doesn't let's stand. Actually, you know what? If you want, <laughs> I don't want you to stand if it's just because it's the right thing to do. I want you to stand if you really want the Holy Spirit to become part of your life. If you want the Holy Spirit to be part of your life, I want you to stand this morning. And I don't guarantee what it's going to look like. <laughs> I mean, I know that the Holy Spirit is part of my life. I, you know what? I've just never, ever fallen over when someone's prayed for me. At just different reactions. There's some people that it affects them in different ways. I, I don't guarantee how it's going to look like to you. Some people literally feel something in their body. David said, my flesh and my heart, they ache. So it does affect us. 
I'm not guaranteeing, but I guarantee this one thing. If the passion is real, the Holy Spirit will come. And he'll come upon you. And he will change the way you think. He will change the way you act. And it's not some legalistic type of thing that will come over you. It'll be a desire to please him. And it'll be a desire to honor him. And it'll be a, a desire to represent him appropriately. Oh, Holy Spirit. If you want the Holy Spirit just to become part of your life. And I'm not talking about some weird thing happening this morning. I mean walking out this door and the Holy Spirit is on you. If that's you this morning, I just want you to lift your hands and say, Holy Spirit, as you came upon Mary, I want you to come upon me. Oh, God Almighty, as you overshadowed Mary and brought the promise and brought the word to pass, Lord, I want you to overshadow me. Oh, Holy Spirit, I just pray. Oh, your presence is here. Throughout our worship, throughout our communion time, throughout our giving, throughout this word, your Holy Spirit is here and it is active. Oh, and Holy Spirit, I just pray that you will just impart yourself upon us. Impart yourself upon us, Holy Spirit. Begin to renew our mind to a greater extent. Begin to renew our hearts to a greater extent. Lord, just let it not just be a place on the priority list, but make it a place in our life, in our heart. Oh, Holy Spirit, we just open our hearts to you. We open our minds. Our, we open our spirit. We just open every area of our life. We open it up to you coming upon us. Just ask the, Lord, the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, just come upon me. Just say it out loud. Forget about your neighbor. They're going to say it too. So just say, Holy Spirit, just come upon me. Come upon me, Holy Spirit. Oh, as the deer pants for the water, so my soul longs for you, Holy Spirit. And come upon me. Affect every area of my life. Affect my decision making. Affect the words that I say. Affect my attitudes and my actions. Lord, just come upon me. Just come upon me. Oh, oh God, every spiritual blessing... Instill it into me. Let it work its way in me, through me, and out of me to affect every area of my life. Oh, Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
uh, to overflow. Let's sing this song. Mm-hmm. Oh, Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Oh, come wake me from my sleep. Oh, and blow through the caverns. Oh, blow through the caverns. Flow through the caverns. Oh, be like a spring of living water that flows through me and then comes out of me. Holy Spirit. Oh, Spirit of the living God, come fall afresh on me. Oh, come wake me from my sleep. Oh, and blow through the caverns of my soul. Oh, go in me to overflow. Oh, Holy Spirit, bring that song, bring those words to our remembrance this week. Oh, bring it to our remembrance, Lord. Oh, Heavenly Father, don't, we, we purpose in our heart. I want you to purpose. Say, Holy Spirit, I purpose in my heart not to let distractions get the better of me this week. Holy Spirit, I purpose in my heart not to let fear get the better of me this week. I purpose in my heart not to let doubt overwhelm my thoughts. But I purpose rather, Lord, to let your Holy Spirit become so part of my life that I am trampling and treading on those words and those thoughts. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen, amen. God bless you. Have a great afternoon.